Welcome to System Mastery, the podcast where we hump a dead horse 1d6 boners at a time. Join us as we dive into the sex-having world of the notorious D&D supplement, The Book of Erotic Fantasy, where wizards get power from sex, and monks get power from sex, and rogues get, well, you get the idea. It's time for a whole lot of pointless TNA on today's System Mastery. Welcome! Now it is time to get into some System Mastery nonsense. I'm John. Over there is Jeff. New Father Jeff right there. I have a one-week-old baby. Oh, also, you're ordained. Father Jeff. I've been ordained since, like, 2005. Oh, I know. (laughs) I've performed two weddings. Oh, sweet. Yeah. That's two more than I've performed. And I think I'm on the hook for a third. I I forget... I forget. No, I literally, John, you have no idea how tired I am. It's insane. It's like people, before you, the babies comes, they're like, oh, diapers. You're going to have to worry about diapers. I don't give a fuck about diapers, John. Diapers can just, there's, there's just nothing. There's just ephemeral shit. The only thing that matters to a baby is sleep and can I have some sleep? <laughs> yep, well, uh, the answer to that last one is no, you cannot have some sleep. I know. I know better than you. You I know cannot I got two get hours of sleep. I know I got two hours of sleep last night. Yep, and that's why having babies is for chumps. <laughs> uh, you say that when you're going to die young. My baby's going to take care of me someday. She's going to become she's going to become famous. She's going to be a Hollywood kid. Yeah, well, if I die young, then I don't need a baby to take care of me, so I'm good. Plus, you die. Hey. Plus, I'm dead, and that's great. Win-win. <laughs> Everyone's excited about that. <laughs> so... So, John, this was the last book I was reading before shit went south. Yeah. This... I mean, by south, I mean the wondrous experience of childbirth. <laughs> yes, the magical miracle that is childbirth. Before that happened. <laughs> uh, we were reading the book of erotic fantasy. I think originally we were going to try and shove something else in here, but uh, yeah, boy, howdy. If for, for people who are $5 donors who get to see what's coming up next, it's the only people who get to see that. Uh, they, they they might be disappointed to learn that we are not also going to do the Book of Vile Darkness. And I apologize, I barely had time to read this. Yeah, this is uh, basically getting this book in right under that wire. Uh, well, the wire's seven days behind us now. Oh, yeah. Well, the, I mean, if you can, you really should watch The Wire. It's very good. <laughs> I know. I've heard The Wire's very good. Unfortunately, I am watching shows like that right now because you have to sit on a couch with a crying baby for hours on end. So I am making my way through DS9 again. Again? Again, and Florence is making her way through Nurse Jackie again. Oh, good. Nurse Jackie is just girl house. Yeah. It's what. It's just, what are you? I'm a smarmy, she's all like sweet, uh, sassy, sassafrassy all, all, every time. Her whole show is, she's the only su- stubborn, sassy person in a world full of fucking idiots. Yeah. People and- pop up behind her, huh, I want some macaroni. And they're like, she's like, I'm trying to treat a patient, but macaroni's delicious. Are you fucking kidding me? Credits. Yeah. Plus, I think think she has an addiction to yes. like pills or something which she is, house also did it, no literally it, it, if she was a doctor instead of a nurse it would be girl house <laughs> welcome to girl house <laughs> also i've got a new pilot coming out girl actually, house i don't remember which one of those came first so it could be that that house is actually man nurse jackie no i think house came first <laughs> i mean because it, it, it follows the format exactly oh funny shit's happening serious addiction trauma yeah oh but funny shit though oh look victor garber's here <laughs> 
<laughs> That's the formula. <laughs> so, anyway, I it's I I just don't care for the show. That's fine. Yeah. But let me ask you this, did you care for the book of erotic fantasy? No, I really didn't. I mean, all right, well, that wraps her all up. We're done here. Let's get to the bonus content. John, I have zero time before I have to go help with another feeding. Thanks for listening. Uh, this no, is definitely worth your dollars. So. <laughs> okay, so uh, so no, I, this book was... Uh, well, here's the problem. What, let's, let's start by defining what the book of erotic fantasy is. It's a supplement to add sex stuff to 3rd edition or 3.x D&D or any other OGL game you might like to play. Yeah, as soon as they put out that OGL, they were just begging for people to do the dumbest crap possible with it. Uh Uh-huh. So this is 3.x adding some sex to your game uh, in a variety of ways. Adding sexuality, adding the ramifications of sex, adding people who specialize in sex, and attempting to answer the question, why would you do any of this? (laughs) Yeah, now the beginning of the book starts out with the whole like, hey, why would you want to have sex in your game? And... I mean, basically, it just boils down to, uh, because you're into it? Because some people do. Yeah, they're like, well, you know, the game really tries to uh, do all of the other aspects of life, and sex is such a large aspect of life, why wouldn't it be in the game? I'm like, yeah, but it doesn't cover the aspects of, like, sleeping or taking a dump. There's no, no, like, I have to roll my con check to see if my dump comes out. No no one cares about that, but that's a big part of life. Yeah, you say that, but that's just because you haven't read the book of excretory excess. (laughs) That is true. We were planning to do the book of excretory excess in addition to this book, but we just ran out of time, and I'm sorry. It's it's a (laughs) real shame. We gotta we <laughs> we gotta get to that someday, where I can get my con mod to poops. Yeah, you get that polymorph poop where it doesn't turn you into something; it just turns your poops into something else's poops. Oh yeah, and it's got that whole new class of poop golems and poop elementals, poopamancers. Yeah, poop like a sheep. <laughs> <laughs> look at look at my sheep dudes. <laughs> I poop like a wombat. <laughs> Little square poops. I got these D six poops. <laughs> Okay, so uh, the book of erotic fantasy starts by, like John was saying, basically laying on the line, why would anyone want to add all this sex stuff to their game? And they actually make a pretty uh, credible argument for why. It's like, oh, you know, there are people who are into this, and it's... It can be fun to, to play around with sexuality, and, and if, if everyone at the table's into it, why not add it to the game? And then they... The landing is do... They don't really ask the question, how many rules do you need for this? Yeah, I mean, to their credit... The book does start with the whole, like, look, you know, establish with your players before you do anything. There are varying degrees. You can add things like we're just going to make it so that sex is something that actually happens instead of just, you know, hand-waved. There's a lot of... We can worry about that all up to, like, you can shove it directly to triple X. Sex is the point of this campaign. Sure. And there's a lot of to their credit to be uh, spread around here. The book is very good on social uh, issues. Like when it comes to things like uh, heterosexuality versus homosexuality, it's like, hey, anything could happen at any table. Don't worry about it. Uh, you know, what's the difference between a gay dwarf and a regular dwarf? Uh, what other set people they have sex with? That is it. That doesn't change anything about anything. Oh yeah, and I mean, it, it's got rules for like, are you into polyamory? Are you into like the polygamy? Mm-hmm. Whatever like relationship style you want, we've got. 
all of these different things, but always we've got old pussy, young pussy, we've got chicken pussy, velvet pussy, naga <laughs> hide pussy. If you find any cheaper pussy, fuck it. <laughs> Man, just just go watch Dust Till Dawn. It's fucking great. <laughs> it is a good movie. Go watch from Dust Till Dawn. So, <laughs> the thing is, you get to the end of that, and it, I mean, like you said, it's always this thing I have, whatever a book brings up sex, and you know, whether it's in Fatal or this or any of the other dumb sex-having supplements or baseline things in a book, I'm always just like, but why do I need these rules? Well, like, a, what is this doing for my game? That's the big problem. Is is let's say we were having a regular game of D anD D, and you as the DM were like, Jeff, I'd like to introduce some sex stuff to the game, and I'd be like, Sure, that's fine. My character, I guess, will finally engage in 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 an evening of pleasure with with his uh, lofty girlfriend he's been carrying around er, er, as his a character. His lofty girlfriend <laughs> he's been carrying around. I need you to be nicer to me than you usually are, John. I- <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> I'm <it>. sorry. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, my petard. <laughs> uh, I have nothing. My brain is mush. <laughs> so, okay. Lofty girlfriend has been carrying around. And then you... It, so I'm like, all right. So we enjoy a, an evening of, of erotic... Fine. Ple- fine pleasures. Erotic pleasures. And then, John, you have to be like, oh, okay, great. Let's bust out a bunch of D20s. What is your character's appearance rating? Do you have a st- do you have any endurance for the length of, of fucking that you shall do? How much fatigue damage could be healed by the pleasures of the flesh? The I mean the main issue is this also then starts getting into stuff where you're like, "Oh, you rolled a 1 for your fucking check." You poop the bed and come in two seconds. Ha ha, everyone laughs at you. Anytime they do this numericizing sex thing, like the the problem you're going to run into is people start looking for the obvious extremes. They're going to look for that one for the critical fumble check, even though critical fumbles aren't a part of third edition and never were, and fuck you. Uh, I, and they're going to look for that, how high can I push this? How, can I get a plus 800 by modifying jump checks? Oh, I can? Sweet. My character's the greatest fucker in the world. Yeah, I'm so good at fucking, and I just jump and people come. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Might as well fuck. Uh, I, so, th- that's the problem with the numbers. They they do a pretty good job of trying to stay in the middle, but the problem with 3.x is it's a gestalt, and you have to take into account what can you do with the core books, what can you do with this, how far can you fuck this along. Oh, yeah. And I mean, they do at least at several points go, look, you don't have to roll for everything. If you want to say, you know, yes, I take the comely barmaid and we go back to my room and I give her a good porking too, <laughs> then you can do that and not have to roll for it. But this is a D&D supplement, which means if we don't pack this motherfucker full of rules, there's no reason to put it out. It would be 12 pages long. It would be free on drive through RPG to this very day. Yeah, it would just be like, hey, what is this? Have you considered fucking the pamphlet? <laughs> Open it up. Yes. Yes, All I right. have considered fucking this pamphlet. <laughs> I've considered fucking anything I can roll into a cylinder. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, as Jeff did mention, this book adds in the new stat of appearance. Yes, indeed. And we might as well start right there with the appearance stat. The stat that keeps getting added back to Dungeons & Dragons by dummies for no reason, and it should never be in there and stop doing it. it appearance is... Almost forever a bad stat to have in a game. And it keeps rearing its dumb head all the way since it was still called comeliness. Yeah, but people are like, oh, but 
I want my dude to be good looking. Then your dude's good looking. Fucking who gives a shit? It, well, I want my character's good lookingness to matter. Fine. Then his charisma derives from his appearance. Oh, but charisma but, says it's often measured as force of will. Yeah, it says often. Who cares? Who yeah. gives Go. even the singlest shit? My character's charisma is derived from hotness. Done. It's fine. Uh, it, it, this is the same problem you... It, it is always appearance. Never seen anyone go like, you know, dexterity is too broad. Let's add in hand-eye coordination is a brand new stat. I mean, you do, though. You do have those in games other that are games. Like, yeah. This is the thing. What I'm saying is that appearance keeps cropping up in D&D like a weed. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'll be honest with you. There's definitely a point at my table where someone was like, hey, how do we roll to see how good I am at fucking... <laughs> No, it's true. And it was like, uh, you take the average of your constitution and charisma, and then you roll plus something. It was basically like, uh, I don't know. I I exasperatedly come up with a bullshit answer, (laughs) and then you roll a d20, and I'll tell you if you're good at fucking. Roll one d20 and add in the number of Mountain Dews you went and got me. That's how good at fucking you are. Okay, uh, you have one d20 plus as much as you spent on a pizza for me. At fucking. Also, <laughs> that, no one that's wants, your fuck bonus. Also, no one wants to fuck you. Grats. Go rats. You want to fuck the ladies, but the ladies won't fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> the bitches love me because they know that I can fuck. So, <laughs> that's fucking teamwork. <laughs> so, <laughs> all fuck songs today. The, uh, the appearance stat is you derive it the same way you would any other stat, Except no one has a bonus to appearance because they didn't go back and be like, there's no oh, elves now have a plus to appearance as well. Yeah, there's no race that gets a bonus to appearance. Uh, it's pretty thorough, though, as far as supplements go. They say, like, hey, if you were building your character using an array, add 13 points to the array. And oh, then, yeah. It's then, got all the different styles. It's like, yeah. all right, if you were just doing 3d6, then add it to your spread. If you were doing an array, you add this. If you're doing point by, add this many points. Yeah, so... They thought this through pretty well when they were adding their appearance stat. Uh, they even went through some of the skills and said, now these ones can be done using appearance in- instead of uh, uh, usually charisma, if you would prefer. Yeah, I mean, basically all appearance did was go, if you wanted to and you rolled better on appearance than charisma, you could just lean into that instead. Yeah, but the problem with, with appearance is, all right, well, there's several problems with appearance. Why don't, <laughs> why don't we list these out? Number one problem with appearance is uh, they didn't do anything with it in the book. That's my number one. It's the least of the problems, but it's a real problem. There's one class that's basically sorcerer, but uses appearance instead of charisma. I mean, yeah. it's, it's more, it's like three things. It's, it, it's basically like pretty much an appearance bard sorcerer. Yeah. With a little cleric thrown in for spell acquisition or something. So it's, it's some shenanigans. And then there's also a, a single out of about 12 prestige classes in the game. There's a single prestige class that gives a shit about your appearance score. And it's only for, like, pixies. Yeah, it's, like, for fey creatures. And then one of the other classes briefly mentions appearance as part of its big foray into multi-ability dependency. Yeah. Where appearance does one of the three things that intelligence does for spells for wizards. It does one-third of that, and then constitution does a third, and then charisma does the other third. Yeah, no, this... You fucked up. The book is like, okay, let's let's get into the actual, like, nitty-gritty, and then fucks up. Because... I mean, like we said, so much of the stuff that was just written, like, hey, talk things out with your players, do stuff like uh, figure out what level of sexiness you want to have in here, try and use whatever. Like, it has decent enough writing in there for it, but as soon as they went to the rules, you're like, oh, these were just, like, people in your local kink scene that also played D&D, 
and then tried to make up rules and didn't realize how math works. Yeah. Uh, problem number two for appearance, and I'm saving the worst for last. Uh, huh. Problem number two for appearance. It's really hard to trust players to treat it as a mature thing. Uh, the moment your character rolls of anything under, like, say, a 12 in appearance, everyone's going to be like, oh, your character's a hideous goblin. You look like Roseanne Barr. <laughs> I like that that's your go-to hideous goblin. <laughs> what would your go-to hideous goblin be? I don't know. Like, probably probably like the Goblin King from the Hobbit movie or something. Oh, I thought you I thought you were about to be like Goblin King from Labyrinth. And I was like, the fuck the you fuck? say? <laughs> you should know me better than that. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, I mean, I, I suppose my, my go-to hideous goblin at this point would probably be either like Trump or maybe, I don't know, Comey? <laughs> Yeah, sure. Too much, too much politics at this point in my head for me to think of anyone else as being a little goblin. <laughs> How about Wallace Shawn in the Grad Nega Zek outfit? There you go. That's a hideous little goblin. That's a hideous little <laughs> goblin. <laughs> More Beetle Snuff, please. <laughs> that is exactly it. <laughs> so, uh, but and then they're like, "Oh, I'm going to look for barmaids. I'm going to roll dice till I find a barmaid that has an 18 appearance." It's never uh. been a stat that's that isn't immediately binaried out into hot and ugly, and then people just sort of giggle about it. The book even has to go by the way of adding a little sidebar that's like, please do not use your appearance score to figure out how big your dick is. (laughs) Uh, Which is, I mean, god damn it, 100% a thing that I assume has happened at so many tables of people like, so uh, how do I figure out my dick size? And like, all right, we'll take your constitution and your charisma and your strength and then... Multiply it by 1.5 to determine the number of inches. Then you just take that and you fucking shove it up your ass. I don't care. For every four points of of appearance, you get one cup letter. Uh, there's, <laughs> a, there's a variance because the ideal cup number is between a, and another number. And then you can also calculate your hip differential. And now you're playing fatal and fuck yourself. Yeah, there's there is this line of I want to add sex to my game where you go too far and you drop into fatal. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's the that's the abyss above which this book is precariously fashioned. Oh, it is it is on the precipice of falling deep into the abyss of fatal. They tried their best to avoid it and they do in a lot of situations. There's a couple of little mistakes here and there. Like like I was talking to John earlier about one of the spells Liar's Curse, uh which is every time you lie, your nose gets bigger. Or because it's this book, though, it's every time you lie, your nose gets bigger or your dick. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, we uh, we decided to make a Pinocchio thing, but we we put it on someone's dick because we think that's funny or their nose. Could it? Well, what about any other part of their body? No, it's nose or dick. Yeah, I mean, the brief description of it, because it has that like list of new spells and mm-hmm. then it has the actual uh, written out spells. The description is. This makes a person, a body part on a person grow when they lie. And I was thinking when I first saw that, that was like, oh, you could do it for like ears or your hand or nope. whatever. Nose or dick does not, wor- does not work unless you're on women unless you're casting it on their nose. Can only be removed by limited wish spells and above. Uh, it's just the sort of dumb joke that, you, that you'd see in Fatal. Yeah. Uh, but that's not a common thing in the book. Um, oh, we got to talk about the number one problem with appearance. Yeah, go for it. Subjectivity. Yeah, the, I mean, the book does that thing where it's like, oh, if you're an aberration, you've got a one to four appearance. And if you're a bugbear, then you've probably got a three to eight appearance. And 
other will normally find their own species disgusting. And you're like, what? Yeah, that's okay. So here's the way that they fix that problem. Let's say your average ogre has an appearance of five, right? And that's that is accurate. Your average ogre has an appearance of five. How attractive does an ogre find another ogre? They have appearances of five. Full stop. That's the end of it. How attractive does an ogre find an elf? Well, elves don't even suffer a penalty. Well, so let's not use elf because it's a bad example. How attractive does an ogre find a dwarf? Well, dwarves have minus two to charisma, so probably pretty low on the human average. Let's say they're probably somewhere in the eight to ten range, which means they have a plus zero, where an orc would have a, or, or, or an ogre would have a minus three. Uh, an ogre would suffer a minus two penalty for being attracted to someone outside of their race or category of races, like outsider humanoid or so on, because they're a monstrous humanoid. Yep. So they would find an or, or a dwarf on average slightly more attractive than an ogre. Yes. And it, that's even using a bad example. They'd find humans way more attractive than ogres. Yeah, and I mean, this is, the since the appearance stat is the same for everyone, they're like, oh yeah, no, uh, fucking every single race in the main book is hotter than basically any ugly race finds their own race. And they, they went way too far with this, where they were like, rats have an appearance of three, a swarm of rats is scarier, so it has an appearance of one. Like, someone who's looking at a rat and a swarm of rats is like, I need to verify the merits of how much I would like to fuck these two things. Yeah, and... I mean, that's really the issue is because appearance isn't tied into uh, charisma, personality, what's going on with that, it does become just a measure of how much do people want to fuck you? That's all this matters yeah. for. Now, now that's, that's even dealing with differences between – they, they try to – they avoid using the term race, obviously, for safety purposes, let's say. So they, instead of saying, like, or, or dwarves aren't attracted to elves ever, they were like, it's done by – the monster categories from third edition. So outsiders are primarily attracted to other outsiders. Aberrants actually are not because they find each other horrifying. Who wouldn't? Uh, animals are attracted to other animals and so on. Uh, so, but even within the categories, they have this whole thing in the back of the book about like how much it costs to sleep with a prostitute. And it's like for about five silver pieces, you can find an average prostitute with an appearance of eight to 10. And you're like, well, what if I'm into that? What if that's my specific jam as women with big old no- nose warts? Like, what happened to beauty is in the eye of the beholder? Well, <laughs> well beholders are aberrations, so obviously. Yeah, well, obviously, beauty in the eye of the beholder is a, between about a one and a four. This was one of our number one concerns about Fatal, was that it was like, hey, you can easily calculate cup size and so on by using these 50 fucking useless stats. Like, the moment you're like, hey, some women have 16 appearances and some women have 12 appearances, and that is the law of the gods. It's like, fuck the gods then. What if people are into different things? Oh, yeah. Because the second you do that, you're like, oh, well, then you've you've just made a, like, judgment on what is or isn't beautiful to literally everyone. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the number one reason that appearance is a bullshit stat and doesn't belong in games. Yes, it is completely subjective. And you can't just be like, yeah, that one's a 12, that one's a 16. Yeah. Whatever. We're not MRA. That's not our thing. Not MRA. Pickup artist. P-U-A. Pua's. Pua's. Well, I mean, also mostly MRAs. Yeah. I mean, most MRAs are Pua's, but not all Pua's are MRAs. They're like squares and rectangles of bullshit. <laughs> I'm a rhombus. <laughs> okay. So uh, then we get into a huge big section in the book of how each thing fucks. And by thing, I mean we start with alignment. And it's like, how does a lawful good character fuck? Oh, yeah. It's like, what does fucking mean if you're chaotic good? Uh, you love fucking wild and free. 
All right, what does it mean if I'm neutral? You're like neutrally fucking. Here's the problem. The whole alignment section can basically boil down to take the standard stuff about the alignment and add uh, uh, regarding sex to the end of every sentence. Oh, yeah, it's basically turn it into a fucking fortune cookie and go in bed. Yeah, a lawful good character will never knowingly lie. In bed? Yeah, a lawful good character will always attempt to keep their promises and bonds. In bed, a true neutral character will always make decisions based on the moment and, and uh, on a variety of factors that may not have to do with their personal morality. When fucking. That's all it is. It's three pages of the book that's just that. It's fucking pointless. Oh, yeah. But then we get into the by race yeah. one, and it's like, what does love mean when you're a gnome? What's, and, and here's the problem. It is exactly as boring. How does a gnome fuck? A gnome fucks with some jokes. They like to throw senses of humor into their fucking. Oh, they're big into crafting toys, and they use illusions and nonsense because that's gnomes. How do dwarves fuck? Well, they're very lawful about it, so they have a very a variety of sexual positions that are the approved ones. And they like to fuck for long periods of time because they have high constitution modifiers. And they can fuck while drunk because they get that resisting drunk bonus, and, and so on. So... Exactly the way you'd think. How's a dwarf fuck? Dwarfily. Please pay us twenty four ninety nine. Yeah, all of the races are basically that, where it's like, okay, how how does an elf fuck? Oh, an elf fucks like an elf would fuck, that you would assume. It lives forever, so it doesn't care about marriage, and it's entirely bisexual because it lives long enough that it's like, ah, I'll fuck anything once. Yeah. The only ones that are interesting are the ones that aren't, like monstrous humanoid ones, where it's like, how do goblins fuck, and so on. And even like, then... what does fucking mean to kobolds? Yeah. No, like, kobolds think literally everything that isn't a kobold is disgusting. Yeah. And so they only care about that, and they use it to politically maneuver. Yeah. And they call it homo species when, when you're only into your own species. And most of the species are. Like, elves are homo species, but some of them like to flip for half-elves or, or humans. Dwarves are homo species. Gnomes don't give a fuck. Uh, halflings are homo species and super into orgies. Yeah, because they're all know, about communities. Yeah, they're all about getting together with the family and whoo boy. <laughs> Drop your keys in this fishbowl, but we all live here. <laughs> this is gross. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Why can't we just throw the ring into Mount Doom again? <laughs> hey, don't say we won't. <laughs> hey, guys, who wants to come in my hobbit hole? <laughs> Who wants to go on a giant eagle ride? <laughs> I'm going on an adventure in this guy's butt. <laughs> the greatest adventure is in this guy's butt. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but like hyena, for example, because they're, or not hyena, Noel, because yes. they're based on hyenas, are matriarchal. But unfortunately, the book's not all that into getting deep into biology stuff. And so it's like, Gnolls are matriarchal, and because hyenas are matriarchal, and, and don't ask any further questions about how female hyenas have nine-inch-long clitorises. <laughs> let's, not, let's not worry about that. But then the weird thing is, it just keeps going, and it's like, oh, what's sex like for vermin? Yeah, at a point, it breaks from the, uh, the individual monstrous species to the whole categories again. And yeah, it's like John's saying, vermin. It's like, oh, yeah, uh, what's sex like for vermin? It's two sentences. It's like... Uh, vermin reproduce to increase the hive. They don't generally care about anything else. Well, thank you. Why did you put this in the fucking book? Because they had to fill page space, and because nothing fills space, page space like empty completism. 
Which is why there's also a section on how elementals fuck. Oh, yeah. Uh, elementals don't, but sometimes they get so big that they bud, and that could be considered birth? I don't know. Whatever. What about uh, mechanical humanoids or constructs? How do they fuck? The- Unless they were built to fuck, they don't fuck. Yeah, they don't have a concept of love because they weren't built with one. You mean but... they don't understand understand the concept of love? Yes. That was a joke about Jet Set Radio. Why am I doing that? No one's going to... No one cares about Jet Set Radio. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm tired. I don't know what was going to bubble up in there. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what's going to come out of me. Right now, it's Jet Set Radio. Who knows what's next? Maybe Jet Set Radio Future. (laughs) (laughs) It's never going to be Jet Set Radio Future. Okay, so uh, after that, after we get this huge description of how everything fucks, uh, we get a a couple of new skills, most of which are just knowledge and performance modifications. Well, yeah, we get not only the whole, like, Mostly not new skills, but, like, you can use skills in new ways. So it's like, oh, you can use a praise to see if someone's good at fucking. And you're like, what? What? How come? Okay, here's the thing. A praise is usually used to determine the value of gems in D&D, right? Oh, yeah, but now it's like you can determine how good a prostitute is with a praise. And you're like, wait, why? What? Those things are not connected. You don't see jewelers as being masters of determining which doxy to sleep with. And then it's got like, oh, you can use sense motive to see if someone is being faithful to their partner. Yeah. Okay. And let's add some new performance. Perform sexual techniques. Ooh, I can have profession hooker. Yeah, so that's a, those are the new skills. And then we get some oh, new... Oh, and f- craft sex toys. That's right, which gnomes get or whatever. Uh, all right, and then we get to some new feats. And I'm trying to speed this along because we have a lot to talk about to get through this whole book. We get to some new feats. There are six new feats that are, that are a group. Each one of them is... If you fuck for a while, you get a, a circumstance bonus to your to a stat of your choice. Yeah. I guess there's seven because appearance is part of this now. Yeah. Each one is for a different stat. Yeah. You get a plus two to a plus six depending on how long you can fuck for. There's a whole table to determine how long you can fuck. It's based on con checks and has a variety of synergy bonuses. Uh, low end is you can fuck for a minute if you can pass a DC five. Uh, high end is three hours if you can if you can pass a DC thirty and an additional hour for each five above thirty. Um, this is the sort of thing I was talking about when it comes to putting people in obvious extremes and, and next thing you know, they're going to build stupid shit. You can also roll a perform sexual ability check, the, the skill to determine how good you are at fucking and what your value of fucking is in, in gold pieces. Oh yeah. It gives you like, Oh, if you get, uh, between a DC, like 10 and 15, you can make some copper pieces. Mm -hmm. If you're between 15 and 20, you get such and such silver pieces. This is fucking bullshit. Who, who, what hooker works that way? Yeah, no one's like, oh, I uh, I went to a hooker and she said, uh, the price will be determined on how much you like fucking. Yeah. And at the end of it, I went, ooh, you were quite good. I think I'll give you silver pieces. I'm going to give you a D4 silver pieces. <laughs> Pulling out a D4. She's like, no, you want me to put, you want to go in that barn and have me pull my dress over my head? Here's the following cost. Yeah, this is the number you need to pay. I understand if it's based on reputation. Like, if, yeah, if, if you're like, I'm a high-end call girl, then okay, sure. Yeah, but even then, what high-end call girls are really based on their actual fucking capability and not just on how hot they look and how they definitely look high-end? Yeah. Like, that's that's... I, it's just fucking uh, how many porns they've actually been in. Huh. Like, it's it's so weird to me that they're like, let's put a value on, on how good people are at fucking, which is like, doesn't match a real world analog in any real way. Yep, but that's what happens when you put numbers to dumb shit. Yep. So let's move forward to actually a few more feats to talk about. You got two feats that are part of something that really pisses me off, which is that this game has 
a, a prestige class, some spell functions, and some really good feats for being a dominatrix or a dominator. Yeah. Um, but it seems to treat that as the only aspect of dominant submissive play as a real thing. Yeah, I, it, it there's, does... there's two feats that exist for being submissive, but what those end up being in game terms is, oh, you're so submissive that nobody wants to hurt you. That's and, not what a sub is. The point of a submissive is everybody wants to hurt you. That's how you know you're a good sub is when other doms are like, ooh, look at that one. Yeah. Like, sub is a real, it, it's a skill set. Being a good sub is, is a, that's why they have good and bad subs as a, 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 at fucking Jersey Mike's. At Jersey Mike's. They're, I don't remember what the good sub is at Jersey Mike's. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, the bad sub is Subway and the, the good sub is Jersey Mike's. I think the, the good sub is Quiznos. Man, I can't find a Quiznos I know, anywhere. That place me. shut down. I think they're gone. Anyway, um, they treat subs as if it's anybody a dom is, is messing around with is a sub, and that's it. Like, there's, it's not, It doesn't matter if you're into being a sub or not. If, if a dom is fucking you right now, you're, you're the sub. Well, and that's and the you, whole thing they did with the, the doms in this is they're like, oh, if a dom gets a hold of you, they turn you into a sub. Ugh, it's, it's a problem for me in the book. Um, the other problem with those two submissive, like John was saying, the two submissive feats are literally like rage dumps from World of Warcraft. They're like using Vanish. They're like, uh, I'm too subservient to be even worthy of shooting with a magic missile, sir. Oh, yeah. It's just, what did you do? Uh, I was doing a support class, and I decided to take the submissive ones because if I get the second one, people have to make like a DC 30 check to attack me at all, and it only gets broken if I attack them or cast spells on them. But it doesn't say anything about, like, using healing spells on my allies or using buff spells on them. So if you're a full support caster, you can just be like, oh, I never get hit. It's fine. Yeah. So uh, another thing uh, in the feat section is a couple of background type feats, which are stuff like I am from a loose society of open sexuality or I am chaste and from a society where no one talks about sex, which give you various bonuses. Uh, a couple other sex feats, whatever. Yeah, uh, so, several of them are just you are better at fucking. Two of them, there's a whole feat chain dedicated to your refractory period. Yep, there's a oh, instead of having to wait a half hour, you wait 15 minutes, and then the second one that chains off of that is you're always down. You're you're completely DTF at any given time. So there's there's a bunch of feats. They're silly. Um, and now we should probably start talking about this game's three new core classes. Yep. So we start out with the Imagist, which is. A appearance caster that has mostly support level spells. They've got cleric healing, uh, same progression on cleric healing, so not like a bard that's sort of behind on that. Mm -hmm. uh, but they also get their progression in getting spells is, I think, the same as a sorcerer because they're one level behind when a wizard would get spells. That's correct, yeah. Uh, and they also cast more like a sorcerer in that you know, like, five spells or six spells or whatever, but you have, like, six castings per day, and you don't prepare ahead of time. You just cast from that list. That's correct. And uh, the Imagist is based around beauty. It uses appearance, where a sorcerer would use charisma. Yeah. Uh, actually, do third edition sorcerers use charisma? I think they might be intelligence casters. Nope. They're, they're charisma. Okay. Uh, but, and, and that makes them more or less the only appearance-dependent class, like, open class in the game. Oh, yeah. They are... They added an entire new stat and only put one thing that really leans on it. Uh-huh. Uh, otherwise, they progress similar to wizards. They get bonus meta magic feats here and there. Their whole deal is that they're supposed to be people who travel around spreading sexual goodwill. 
yeah, they're supposed to be like, oh, I'm so beautiful, and all I do is I want to make people happy. And they're very defensive. They get uh, Sanctuary is like a spell-like ability, and then at level 10, it's just permanent Sanctuary forever on you. Uh-huh. Now, uh, do you want to jump to the next one, or are we good? Yeah, that's fine. That's basically all the images does. Yeah. So the next one is the Kundala, which is an extremely difficult to explain sex monk. <laughs> yeah, it is a monk that has spells that is a sex monk. <laughs> so basically, you knock out a, f- a few, not all, but a few of the monk special abilities. And you remember the third edition monk special abilities, John, how they had like every level they got something and nine times out of ten it didn't make any sense. It was like, oh yeah, ah, you can fall slightly slower. You're immune to certain poisons. Um, this is the same thing, except instead of counting as an outsider when you get to max level, you count as a fae. Uh, and you give up several of those level abilities in exchange for roughly paladin spell progression. Yeah, they're basically what a paladin or a ranger is to a fighter as a monk. Yeah. Uh, they have to follow sexual codes that involve taboos and stuff like that. But I'm going to go ahead and say it. It's extremely poorly defined in the book what their sexual tra- uh, codes and conduct are and so on. It's just you have to have one. It's not like you have to say what it is. Pretty much the code of conduct is no rape. That's yeah. basically the whole thing is no non-consensual. Shit, am I a Kundala, John? I think so. I think we're both Kundalas. I think I'm a monk. I can do a frenzy of blows. It's exactly as useless as it is for a low-level monk in D&D. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I've got Diamond Buddy, if you know what I mean. Wink. <laughs> I think everyone who doesn't rape people might be a Kundala. Nice. Yeah. By the way, the Kundala's picture is the first time in the book where I really started to get a hold of the idea that every photo, every art in this book was going to be a photo taken in a woodland somewhere of models hired by the artist with their tops off. Yeah, I mean, I may as well say it right now. I went through the very first thing I did when I opened this book was go through the entire book, look at every picture, see how what the ratio of tits to dong was. There is a picture of Dong in this book. I mean, to be fair, there's also only a single picture of uh, Bush, even, let alone... There's no labia in here. So there's a big floppy Dong, but you don't see any, like, lips. Well, no. But you do get a whole lot of tits. There's plenty of titty. A lot of tits and ass. I just... Here's the thing, John. In In my life at the moment... I'm pretty much there's tits out in my house all the time, and they're not sexual anymore. They've lost that that, that I'm, I've lost that love and feeling. Yeah, no, they've just become food vessels. Yeah, You're, it's like being sexually turned on by a cup. You're like, whatever. That's just what water comes in, and I drink from it. Can I can I read you my my Cuphead fanfic, John? Yes, you can. Okay, we'll do that after the show. Good. I've got a lot. I'm of, looking forward to it. Yeah, I've got a lot of Cuphead and Mugman fanfic. <laughs> Let me tell you that Devil Dice gets involved. <laughs> oh, it better. <laughs> so. Also, they use the planes. <laughs> All right. Okay, so um, the Kundala is, is, I feel like it's a little half-baked. Because it was just like, how do we make a sex monk? I don't know. Take most of monk, add part of paladin. Done. Sex yeah. monks. Well, it's because we added so many of these sex spells to our game that... Pretty much all of the new classes are, well, we better use these sex spells. These are classes that can cast the sex spells. So let's get to the third and final one, the Tantrist. Uh, the Tantrist is, for lack of a better term, it's, it's easily the most describable one of them. It's a sorcerer, except it uses constitution to determine uh, the, the power the spell level, the spell level uh, intelligence to determine the spell efficacy, and appearance to determine the number of bonus spells. Yeah, so it's 
All right, if I have a 17 in Constitution, I can cast up to level 7 spells. Okay, great. But if I want to make my spells powerful, the DC is based on intelligence. But if I want bonus spells per day, then I have to have a high charisma because that's where my bonus spells are. It's, it's appearance, but yeah. Or appearance. Blech. Yeah. I mean, it's the only other time it gets used by anything. And with no bonus to appearance, you're looking, at, you're looking for a class that gets good. In 3rd edition, you get one stat bonus anyway. This is a really hard class to play. You need three very good stats in three very weird locations. Oh, yeah. Well, one of them, I mean, appearance being the one where you're like, okay, there's no way I can bump that, but at least it's only for bonus spells, yeah. which I don't necessarily need. Otherwise, they get wizard spell progression, sorcerer spell style, where they where they don't have to memorize. Oh, no, I'm sorry. They do. They use wizard. They're basically wizard, wizards. They memorize spells. They're sex they, wizards. They're sex wizards. They have to learn spells. Uh, they have to. They get the, the wizard style spell progression. They get metamagic bonus feats at the same times. The only difference is that instead of scribing scrolls, they uh, they inscript themselves with magic tattoos. And instead of having to sleep to regain their spells, they have to fuck. Oh yeah. So instead of it being like, oh, your wizard has to spend four hours looking over his tome of spells in order to prepare for the day. It's like. No, the Tantric just has to get his dick wet for about an hour, and then he's good. Masturbation, not good enough. Nope. <laughs> you take the leadership feat, you bring along a fuck toy. Yeah, well, the it was one of the things. The Imagist gets cohort at level three, and I was like, oh, good. You just immediately get someone you can bone down with at level three. Yeah, which is a problem when you're, you're factoring in the NPC that you're going to be fucking all the time as part of the resources of your character build. Oh, yeah. That's well, a real problem. At that point, you're like, oh, I'm building out this character for my own character. I'll give them uh, all of the abilities and feats and whatnot that are good at having sex so that when I have sex with them, it's good. Yeah. Ugh. It, it's, it's, it's a problem when you have to factor in NPCs just for the boning potential of them. Otherwise, they're basically wizards that use magic tattoos and have to fuck to get their spells back. And that's them. We then move on to a huge variety of uh, prestige classes. The prestige classes vary from, you know, stuff that would be like, oh, uh, this is sort of like a weird sex barbarian prestige class, or this is a prestige class specifically for people who are chaste, yeah. and you can't have sex in this prestige class. There's, I forget how many of them there are, but the first one is, I'm good at sex, and I want people to have sex more, and that's the Disciple of Aluren, which is one of the gods in the back of the book. Uh, the next one is, I don't like sex, and I'm, I draw power from not liking sex, and that's the celibate uh, whatever. Then you've got the super dance barbarians, the frenzied disciples. John, pick some of these. Talk about, talk about a, bar a stupid class. Yeah, the, the ones in there are almost always just pick a class from the main book, mm -hmm. and then add the template of sex or no to it, yeah. and then it becomes a prestige class, except for one which is the meta spell shaper? The metaphysical spell shaper, which is a busted three level class. It is absolutely nuts. And if it existed in the actual, like, normal DD world, literally every spellcaster would take it. It is only three levels. What you need to get into it is, like, nothing. It's like five ranks in knowledge arcana, three ranks in craft sculpture. And. You can get in there so quickly, but what it does is uh, you can add plus one to whatever your casting ability is per level of it. So you don't lose any spell progression. Mm -hmm. uh, what you get is spontaneous metamagic if you take ability damage. So if I wanted to make something maximized is normally three levels above. Mm -hmm. I could instead 
take a spell that was like, I'm, I just got Fireball at level 3, there's no way I can prepare it maximized, mm-hmm. but I could take 3 points of ability damage and cast it as maximized. Yeah. Or, and then they, at second level, they get a bonus metamagic feat, which means they're following the metamagic progression that wizards get. And, and then the, at third level, the fucking capstone. The capstone is nuts. It is minus one to the level you need to prepare for metamagic. So instead of three levels higher for maximize, it's two. Yeah, and it, it, you can still use your ability damage. Now, what the fuck is this doing? This is like, wh- the whole description of this class is, what are these guys? Oh, they're experts at sorcery and magic, and they, they spend all their time studying in old books, and they're all these dusty old men and blah, blah, blah. Um, which is like, what is it doing in the book of erotic fantasy? Oh, they can heal their ability damage faster if they sleep with a prestige class, the sacred prostitute. Yeah, the, <laughs> the whole thing in there is, oh, when you take uh, ability damage, it comes back at a slow rate that normal ability damage would come back at mm-hmm. even if you cast like a restoration or greater restoration on them there's still like a dc20 check that the caster has to get over just to do it mm-hmm. but if you fuck a sacred prostitute their healing works better for some reason yeah so okay but here's another thing i really want to talk about when we get to the sacred prostitute which is what you think it is it's it's a cultic prostitute it's the sort yeah. of person that lives in a temple and fucks uh, you know, people who worshippers in exchange uh, in exchange for almost nothing. Like they get tithes, but they donate to the church. It's all part of trying to grow the church. Be like, join our church. We've got fuckers in our in our temple. That oh was- man, there's fuckers in every church. <laughs> but like, so the, the the problem with the cultic prostitute is the description. It's like, well, who are these guys? They're they're people who hang around in temples and fuck people for uh, for the glory of their god. There's often several high level ones of these in every church dedicated to a god. And I'm like, the fuck there is. You telling me there's a bunch of 17th level idiots just standing around in a in, in a fucking temple fucking random strangers who come in? It takes. It, why is that a prestige class? Yep, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be a prestige class. The whole point of prestige classes is that they're advanced version of character classes. The whole point of character classes is that they're big goddamn heroes. Yep. So they were like, no, no, what it is is you were a cleric of whatever fucking god. Well, you know, fucking god. Yeah. And uh, now you've decided to take the prestige class of I like boning down even more. You, but you didn't, though. You were whatever the commoner equivalent of a priest is. You were like a of a, like a, a de- devotee or something. Uh, whatever the, you know, they have those, those little half classes that they give to like NPCs. Yeah, you were a chaplain. Expert. Yeah, you were a chaplain or some shit for a while and then you were a cultic prostitute. Do you get special powers from it? No, because you're some fucking NPC. A PC who took this class and then was like, all right, great. Now, since I have taken this class, my role is to stand around in a temple and fuck, ch- fuck strangers. Except now it's, uh, my role is to go with the party wherever we go. I'm still basically a cleric. It's just... Now, when the adventure is done, I fuck people back to health. The problem... Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. The problem with prestige classes like this one, and there's another one in the book that's the same shit, called the Harem Guard, who's literally, my job is to stand around in a harem and guard them and not fuck them. It's, what are you? Uh, I'm a fighter, but now I get all of these bonuses to not giving in to wanting to fuck people. Yeah, so I can stand near a harem and not fuck the harem. Great. That's That's my role. It's like, what are you doing that when you're a PC? Are you traveling with a harem you're not fucking? What is that? It, it, the, the answer is the people who wrote the book are like prestige classes are just jobs. Yeah. It's just like you're just a doctor or whatever. So in every town you go to, of course, there's going to be a couple of shadow mancers and bear warriors and Kensai monks and stuff like that. Those aren't rare legendary people who, who you'd rarely encounter in your life. They're just people in your neighborhood. They're the people that you meet when you're walking down the street. <laughs> They're the people that you meet each day. 
Yeah, I... God, so much of the fucking prestige class stuff was just, hey, we uh, we took one of the classes, stripped away why it would adventure, and just added sex to it. And the other... Yeah, stripping away why they would adventure is the big problem. The other thing that makes up the prestige classes is a kink or a fetish or a lifestyle choice. Oh, yeah, it's, oh, I'm a dominator as a prestige class, and now I've got... All these special rules that I can make people more lawful. I like I fuck them. I like body piercing, and so that's a prestige class now. Yep. And then there's one that is specifically only for Fey that is an appearance-based caster. And you're like, oh, so the one thing you added to your game, an appearance-based caster, the imagist, is now uh, the one thing they would want is this weird Fey prestige class. With a, a prerequisite of Fey. And not even elf. It's fey. Like, you have to be a pixie. Yeah, the class is for sprites and nymphs and stuff to be more dangerous. Like, if you want to take a nymph, which is already like, what are you? I'm a sex-powered monster. And be like, what if you were worse? Yeah. Oh, I'm a satyr, and now I'm a satyr with prestige levels. Yeah. I mean, we've already learned in this book how, how satyrs fuck. <laughs> yep, that, that was one of the things. Did you know that they like to? Did, did you know that nymphs are often fuck peoples? <laughs> That's and now you know. <laughs> and if you don't know, now you know. <laughs> the more you know. Uh okay, so the prestige classes, I, I think we've covered the majority of the relevant ones. Yeah. There's there's a bunch of them in there. The other one I think I did want to mention is the 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 mystic voyeur. The oh yeah. The whole point of him is he's like, what do you like to do? I like to watch people have sex. Great. What do you use? I use scrying magic so I can more effectively watch people have sex. Okay. How how are you an adventurer? Eh. I'm not really. I'm uh, not. I'm, I'm a. I'm the local pervert. I'm the town <laughs> creep, except that I'm fucking character level fifteen. Yeah, I'm the local pervert that is apparently super high level, but decides, eh, fuck it, I'm just gonna like be a peeping tom. <sighs> fucking what? Learn what prestige classes are, book. Uh, from there we go into the wonderful world of magical items and spells and uh, the. The spells in this are, fuck, it's it's all oddly a lot of page space given over to pregnancy and like how fertile are you? Can you get someone pregnant? Can you stop someone from being pregnant? There's Can like you a, detect pregnancy? There's like a whole rock paper scissors pregnancy thing happening in there where you have like block the seed. It's a level two sorcerer spell that makes it so you can't be impregnated. Oh well, I have fiendish seed and it means you definitely get pregnant. But I have greater block the seed that blocks anything unless a wish spell is used to make it so. Well, I wish you were pregnant, you piece of shit. No, no. I mean that's. So there's a whole, like, category of spells that are, like, combat pregnancies. Yeah, and, I mean, a lot of the spells in here, I mean, obviously you get the uh, Peacock's Beauty, which is the add to your appearance, because we had a spell for all of the other stats. Yeah, yeah, Bear's Endurance and Fox's Cunning, what have you. But for the most part, the rest of them are either dumb jokes, like that fucking Pinocchio, but it's for your dick spell. Yeah, Liar's Curse. Or you get stuff like jealousy where it's oh uh if anyone tries to fuck anyone but you they take damage yeah or there's cursed orgasm where if anyone orgasms at all they take d6s of damage so it's based on caster level which means it's not good in combat there's no point where you're like oh yeah we're fighting goblins and i need to curse one of their orgasms what it is is I'm an asshole, and what I did was I cursed someone's orgasm so that later when they're fucking, they take fireball levels of damage from orgasming. The answer of who the asshole is is the DM. 
Well, because he's the one who's throwing cursed wenches in the way, right? Like people, like, hey there, I'm swinging my dick around. You want to fuck me? And the players are like, oh sweet, I want to engage in a sex session. I'm good at sex. And the DM's like, ha ha, he has a terrible curse. Well, no, because the curse is the person who orgasms takes the damage. Yeah. So what it is is it's one of those. Uh, the thief pickpockets from the party scenarios where your asshole person who's playing the sorcerer is like, oh, I took cursed orgasm and uh, I used a silent and still spell and I cast it on the party fighter. Yeah, to me, it's the it's the spell that the evil big the BBEG uses on you because it'll fuck you up later. Like, you know how in a standard D&D game when you fight some bugbears and they run away, you don't follow them to see how they're living and fucking like because you don't care because yeah. it's not important. So that means that the spell is primarily going to be used on people who you would follow around until they fuck something, which means it's going to be used on you. It's to be used on the party. Either the asshole is another member of the party who's just fucking around by casting it on you, or it's the BBEG who's like, in my final dying breath, I curse your next orgasm. Yeah, and especially when you get to the point where you're like, uh, yeah, but you've got people that are like the tantric or whatever that are like, oh no, my... My power is based on having sex. It's not like someone curses me to like blow up when I have an orgasm and I just go, all right, I guess I won't do that then. No, I'll be fine. I'll be fine with my tantric. Sex isn't orgasms, John. Quit being so male about everything. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, there's, a, uh, there's also a three-spell chain dedicated to the movie Zapped, which is the blow-clothes-off people spell. Yep. Uh, you can just blow the clothes off people. You can blow the clothes off people in a cone, or you can create a zone where the clothes are blasted off people as they enter the zone. And it's poorly written because it's like everything that's about them that isn't just their body is blown away. Uh, all metal objects, all clothing they're wearing, any items they're carrying, their backpacks, everything is blown right off them. Uh, even they make a reflex save to keep some of their armor on if they want to keep an armor class. And here's me thinking, doesn't this game have a, a whole prestige class based on getting body piercings? Yep. And this, this spell doesn't address that in the slightest? Nope. I just rip all your piercings off. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't do any damage. Rules is written. That's so. true. It doesn't. It just, but it does rip all the magic items directly off the person whose whole deal is magic items are hard to rip off me because they're pierced to me. Yeah. But, I mean, it's just poorly thought out. But, again, it's because it's one of those teehee spells. It's yeah. like, teehee, I blew off your clothes. I cast the spell, grope. It lets me grope people from 30 feet away. Yeah, and Grope being just mage hand, but limited to slapping people's asses is like, why? Let's talk about those. There's a whole category of spells that's like, hey, you know how Prestidigitation does whatever you need it to, and it's fine? Oh, what if one of the things that it could definitely do was a whole spell all of its own? Yeah. We'll call it depilatory. Oh, I got rid of hair. Now I'm super smooth wherever I cast that. You're like, yeah, but couldn't couldn't we just say that's Prestidigitation? That's something Prestidigitation can do. Why did you need another one? Meh. Because yeah. I like it. What about grope? It's just mage hand, but all you can use it for is pinching. Uh, uh, we needed a whole spell for that, for sure, because otherwise people wouldn't, I, I guess they wouldn't take mage hand. Yeah, great. So, uh, just ass. And then, after the spells, which, again, mostly pregnancy or just number fuckery that's boring, So the, some of them are crazy powerful. Like, the ones that are like, I create pleasurable visions for everyone and they all just start fucking this fucking the air in front of them oh yeah it's what is this oh i do an aoe stun that lasts for a number of rounds equal to my level and you're like what the fuck there's at least one more i really want to talk about it's called kiss of life it's not all that interesting of a spell it's like a fifth level sorcerer spell sorcerer only um and what it does is when you get the kiss of life uh you it's it's returns someone back to life if they're dead but it has to be within one round of your casting level 
um, per ca- or one round per, per, caster. per caster level. Yeah. Which means you have a couple of minutes, right? Uh, at most, if you're a high-level character. Yeah. Now, here's the problem. The, it has verbal, somatic, and material components. The material components are a thousand gold worth of incense, a burning incense, lit oil braziers, and, and what have you. And I'm like, so what's the deal here? Do you need to light all this oil and shit and do a seance within a, within a couple minutes of the person dying? Or you just throw all that shit at them and then the spell goes off? Oh, yeah. What, what, what are you doing? That's what I assume, is you yeah. just have a... Like a, a ball sack. of incense that you light on fire and huck at a dude's head. It's just a sack from the back part of a cost plus. Yeah. He's like, here, it's a bunch of fucking potpourri and expensive candles and shit. Go. <laughs> and consumed. There we go. <laughs> Problem solved. I used a thousand golds worth of, like, fucking pure one nonsense, <laughs> and uh, now you're alive. The fact that it has both a somatic and a material component suggests that you have to do a whole, like, ritual. But you don't have enough time to do that, and the casting time is one action. So you're like, and spread all this shit out, light all this shit, and go and kiss and go into your life. Go every time. Yep. Just, I just light my backpack on fire and kiss you on the head, and then you're alive. The suggestions that anyone who can cast it has like a blanket they have to unroll that has like lit candles. It's like a cartoon effect. Yeah. You, you unroll your like <laughs> fortune teller workshop, and then you give them a kiss, and they pop back to life. Yep. All right, so moving forward, magic items. Magic items are all the sex-having magic items, so you're like, what is this? It's an enchanted dildo. It's under magic rods. Hoo-hoo, we're clever. Ah, Cock sheaths. Cock sheaths are a huge thing now. Yep. Mm, Strap a thing to your dick, and you'll fuck like a different kind of thing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good. Now I can fuck like an eagle falling from the sky. (laughs) I strapped this periscope to my dick. I fuck like a (laughs) U-boat. Uh, yeah, you, I mean, you get certain things that are, of course, uh, some appearance-based stuff because it's the new stat. Mm-hmm. So there's a bunch of new items that just increase appearance in a variety of slots, which means it's very easy to stack appearance. Oh, yeah. And then you also get a bunch of shit that's like, what does this do? Oh, it's just bonuses to perform, parentheses, sexual acts. Yes. Yeah. A million little items. There's a mundane item section as well that just has stuff like... Oh, aphrodisiacs. Af- the, the aphrodisiac section is fucking gross. Oh yeah, it's it's all it's basically all formaldehyde. Oh, it's all date rape drugs. It's all date rape drugs. Exactly. Formaldehyde was what I meant to say. No, what you meant to say was uh, what's that? Chloroform. Yeah, there you go. That's the thing that rag smells like. Um, <laughs> chloroform. It's they're all chloroform. It's all like blue, black, fire, red. If smelled from a cloth, the person will fall unconscious and desire sex for one d six rounds. Oh, there is it's straight, the fa- it's straight the- up a date rape drug in there where it's like, oh, this dissolves in a drink and it makes you lose one d six points of intelligence, and then also you desire sex. Let's be clear here. No actual date rape drug doesn't make you desire sex. It just makes you not unable to fight back. And this is definitely the fatalist part of this book. Yes. It, it, that's why we have to mention it, even though otherwise that section of mundane items is boring as fuck. This is the part where they, they dropped the fucking ball. And, well, the thing is, they're trying to sort of have their cake and eat it too because they're treating the aphrodisiacs as poisons. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. But... Instead of it being like, oh, uh, I put this aphrodisiac in someone's stuff, and they, they're just horny. The moment it's, it's all things like you lose wisdom points and you want to fuck the first thing you see. You're like, oh, that's rape. The moment, the instant that your book contains the phrase, the subject will desire sex for X number of minutes, you have fucked up. Your book just went from an A to an F. Well, yeah, and they even within the description, they're like, well, they desire it, but, I mean, it's still up to them if they act on it. And you're like, no, you, you fucked up. You fucked up. You, you fucked up. You shouldn't have put these in your game, or you should have mentioned them as a horrible thing that exists and don't use it. Yeah, 
Because it has a ton of sections where it's like, oh, this is an item that is specifically evil and is all about rape. And you're like, this only exists in my game because I want to have an evil rape bad guy. Yeah. All right. So the last section is the monster manual and then a brief section before that of the new gods of sex. And the gods of sex are just about as boring as you would imagine. It's okay. Take a, like an alignment and you know how we had that alignment and what they think about sex earlier in the book. Turn that into a God. What's the chaotic good God of sex? Uh, a, hermaphroditic god that can transform between man and woman uh, that just loves sex and all their followers love sex. What's the lawful good god of sex? He loves marriage. Yeah, he really wants marriage god. He wants to see you get married. He likes he likes getting people hitched. What's the true neutral god? It's the doula of the gods and she's just there to make sure birth happens. All right. And uh, can all these gods when assembled form Voltron? (laughs) I hope so. <laughs> you finally see some things that have been getting a lot of mentions throughout this book without any explanation. Like felids, which are cat people. Yeah. But I didn't read it as felids, I'm going to be honest. I thought it was felids for the whole time. Oh, it's it mostly like uh, templates you put on people. So there's like a lizard template you can put on someone yeah. and a cat template. Mostly just so you can go like, what are you? I'm a human, but I'm also a cat girl. Yeah. Or I'm a human, but I'm huge because I'm giant born. Yeah. So it's a whole bunch of that shit. And yeah. then, of course... They're like, oh, here's stats for if you wanted to play as a satyr or any of the other dumb bullshit we've talked about. Yes, uh, including felids, uh, lizard or snake born and so on. Just various races. They're like, what are these? These are races that are commonly showing up in fantasy fuck novels. So we'll need to put them in here. Here's stats for your own butt, for if you're pounded in the butt by your own butt. <laughs> that was surprisingly prescient. <laughs> uh, and the very last thing in the book that I want to talk about is it ends with a comic strip from Phil Foglio. Ah, Christ, Phil Foglio. If you want to draw porn, Phil Foglio, learn to draw faces that aren't just huge triangles. So the the comic at the end is basically a giant masturbatory, this book is amazing comic, Mm. in that it's like, hey, we all love sex and gaming, but this book could change the world because you know how there are rules lawyers and they're, they're like, oh, you wouldn't be able to use that weapon because it wouldn't be invented yet. Or, oh, a sh- shoes can't own property. We can't play Monopoly. Well, now this guy's going to have to learn about sex if he wants to be a rules lawyer. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm Phil Foglio and I'll draw a comic strip with boobs in it anywhere for any amount of money. And the whole thing ends what it is. with a uh, the fucking guy, the nerd, the rules lawyer, learning to have sex, and then at the end he's got a baby, and he's like, I got a critical hit. I'm like, oh, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So that is the book of erotic fantasy. Jeff, let me ask you, what was your favorite thing in this book? Uh, okay, my favorite thing... What was in... the best part of this book? Well, here's the problem. This book vacillates between stupid or boring. Like, if it's competent, it's boring. If it's incompetent, it's stupid. So it's hard to pick the thing that's in the balance point between the two of them. Uh, I, I guess I'm going to say the part where it talks about society's attitudes towards sex, like how do dwarven society respond towards sex and so on, 
and and the interrelation between that and uh, queer identification, mm-hmm. where it was like, what what would a gay dwarf be? Would would people hate a gay dwarf, or would they be revered as something special? That's up to you. But here's some thoughts we have. I thought that part was actually pretty honestly and openly written, and I didn't hate it entirely. Note note when I'm saying this that my favorite part of this book is a part that is m- neatly and carefully divorced from the rules that they added to the game. Oh yeah. The problem is the rules are just festering pile of why did you do this? Oh yeah. Uh, so the parts that are just sort of thoughtful suggestions are fine, and that I think that was my favorite. Yeah, I mean, my favorite is pretty much the exact same thing. The opening pages where they talk about, you know, are we going to add sex to this game? Uh, what does that get you? Why would you do that? Uh, how do you talk to your players about something like this? What level do you want to, like, include sex in your game? I was like, that's, it's a well-written well thought out treatise on, you know, don't make people uncomfortable, but, you know, if you are a bunch of people in the kink scene that get together and play D&D, then, hey, sure, you can go ahead and add this. That's fine. Yeah, who cares? Have fun with it. it Again, it, shit divorced from the rules. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. The rules are just unnecessary. It, it would be much better to just describe the sex you have and have fun doing that. Yeah. So, uh, worst part of the book. Uh, I'm going to say the date rape drugs. That's a good that's a good fucking choice. Yeah, there's a lot of bad shit in this book, but the fact that there's like seven different date rape drugs, and in keeping with my big problem, they're all named after teams from Legend of the Hidden Temple, <laughs> where they're all things, I'm the Crimson Fire, I'm Green Monkey, I'm the Blue Barracuda. <laughs> if you grind up and snort this Blue Barracuda, you will desire sex for 1d6 hours. <laughs> yeah, so... They're just, they're poorly thought out. They should not have been included, and they should have just been a warning. Sometimes date rape drugs exist. Do not let your players, there's even a section where it's like, players probably shouldn't use this, but if you're running evil players, they might consider it. Uh, If you're running evil players in your sex game, don't. Stop. Contact someone. Yes. You have an issue. Do not do this. (laughs) Do not run rape the game. No, that's not a game you should be running. No one wants to hear about it. Ask yourself this question. If if you literally could tell no one about the game that you're running and, or playing in, don't run that game. <laughs> uh, there you go. All right, what's your least favorite thing? Uh, worst thing in the book, uh, outside of what you mentioned, I really want to say it's got to be the uh, the whole appearance addition to this yeah that's another really solid choice i mean it, if just it wasn't so adds nothing yeah no it, and they didn't even do a good job of it for, for a game a supplement to add a whole fucking stat to D where D is there are six stats yeah don't you worry about it. don't you worry about the details there are six stats and to go ahead and be like we are going to take the base like full mechanical structure of this and change it in a fundamental way and then barely do anything with it. I'm like, no, you fucked up. You didn't... If you're going to add a new stat, you need to fucking add shit for it, or else it doesn't matter. It's like they added a fourth base to baseball and then said you don't have to go there. <laughs> They're like, all right, so now the bases are a pentagon instead of a square. There's, a, you- there's another base outside a third base you can go to, and if you do before you go home, it gives you an extra half of a run. But you don't have to in order to go home. And when you run out there and back, you have to run backwards so no one ever does it. (laughs) Uh, But then there's an entire group of people that are super obsessed with it. (laughs) That's the only thing it's for. 
It's it's bad. You need to if, if you're adding a rule to a thing, you need to have a good, clear reason. You need to have mechanics that support it, and you need to know why you're doing this. It's not just so you can pad out page space with a huge list of the appearances of monster manual monsters. Yeah, it was a bad choice, and it was implemented badly. Yeah, it should never be put in a game. If your game was built with beauty or appearance as a stat in the first place, fine. I'm never a huge fan of it, but fine. No, I mean, it exists, but if you build your game from the ground up with the idea that it exists, then at least you can account for it. Yes. Yeah. And you can talk about how it's more subjective. Like, White Wolf tends to do that, because they always have that fucking appearance stat. Yeah. Do they still? Is that one of the ones that died in the transition I think that's to one Wad? of the ones that died in New Wad, okay. was appearance, yeah. which is good. Yeah, it's a good thing. It's still floating around and fucking Exalted, I can tell you that. Yes, indeed. But that's the last of Exalted sex problems, once we're, <laughs> when we're getting right down to it. So, so there you so, go. So, uh, Jeff, would you play a game of D&D using the book of erotic fantasy? No. Thankfully, I don't think anyone would ever offer... But, but, I mean, no. Why would, if I felt like adding some sex to my D&D game, I would roleplay it. Yeah, the thing is, I'm going to go ahead and answer, no, I wouldn't as well. But mostly because the people I know that I would play this game with, I wouldn't want to do that. Like, there's not a group of people out there that I'm like, yeah, what I want to do is just really intimately talk about my fake character's sex life. Yeah. I mean, do both of us have kinky nerd friends? Oh, yeah. A ton. Uh, uh, absolutely. We have a million of them. We're in California. Every single person we know is a nerd and is poly. It's a thing. Yeah, it is literally everyone I know. It, within two generations, monogamy is going to die in California. And in the rest of the country, it's just going to hate us even more. Yeah, but uh, even among that, I'm like, the closest friends I have who are super into like sex positivity and kink and poly and nerdery, I'm still like, I don't want to. I don't need to turn my gaming session into, now let me tell you about my fanfic. Yeah, exactly. If I have a friend where I'm like, all right, you're, you're a friend that I like nerdy stuff with, and I like to fuck you personally as a friend, then maybe I would roleplay out some stuff, but I wouldn't need all these rules to do it. Yeah. So there you go. Neither of us really care about playing with the Book of Erotic Fantasy. For joining us on this journey, thank you for supporting us, and especially... For supporting young Sage the baby, Jeff's new little one. Yeah, my tiny daughter, who I need to rush back to real soon here, so we're going to have to get that bonus content done fast. Oh, yeah. Um, little Sage Jeff's daughter. <laughs> that's, that's her full name. Sage Jeff's daughter Aldrich. Uh, she's she's part Icelandic on no one's side. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so to support us, all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash systemmastery. Pledge at any level of a dollar or more, and you're going to get all this bonus content, which is us making characters in the game that we just reviewed. So we are uh, about to make some sex havers. Uh, and actually, we've made them, because I've started pushing that as a change, where we're going to make them in advance, because it helps us broaden our understanding of the game. Yeah. And also because making characters is a thing I can do with a baby on my chest. <laughs> so uh, so it's potentially a thing that I will try to do more often as we, as we push forward. Um so to hear us make those characters and describe them at great length and talk about uh, the, co the pro process of character creation using these rules, all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash systemmastery and support us at a dollar or more. But if you support us at $2 or more, you get a bunch more bonus content. Yeah, we got... Ex 
expanded universe, and we got bonus content all the time for that every goddamn week. Weekly expanded universe bonus content. That's stories from Wikipedia as we dive into the dumbest parts of Star Wars. Yeah, even if you don't listen to the actual expounded universe, just listening to the bonus content of let me tell you the dumbest shit that exists in Star Wars is gold. Yeah, what was I? Do- what did I do last time? The top th- three dumbest Ithorian names. Oh yeah, and yeah. I did the smartest plants that you will find, <laughs> and most of them are just stupid shit that fight Ewoks. <laughs> the dandelion warriors. Oh my god. Okay, so uh, so yeah, support us at the $2 level. Consider that the baseline. Why not? That's a good place to be. And uh, Don't make me raise the prices. <laughs> if you want to find us, ask us questions, anything like that, you can of course send emails to systemmastery at gmail. We are systemmastery on Facebook, Twitter, all the social medias. We're on Reddit as r slash systemmastery. You can go there. Don't forget, John, that we are now live with Gen Con this year. We're going to both be at Gen Con this year. Uh, we'll be there in early August, I think is when they're holding it. And uh, not only that, but we are running a game at Gen Con. If you would like to be a part of the very first ever live play of Blimp Leggers, yeah, the RPG. Yeah, if you are going to Gen Con and you want to be in the very first run of it, yeah, then uh, you have the chance. Yeah, Flying Circus Blimp Leggers is finally going to actually happen. We're going to run the very first game that we possibly can right there at Gen Con, and the Gen Con event schedule was published two days ago, I think. So get out there, take a look at it, find our game. Yes, it looks super expensive. Buy it fucking anyway. <laughs> All right. So thank you so much for supporting. We're also doing a live show. And listening and going to Gen Con. <laughs> And until next time, you have a good one.